0: Hello and welcome in Bermuda Championship live chat. Honestly, we can talk about anything you want. You want to talk about live championship? Sure. You want to just spend the next 59 minutes on wind direction? Okay. This time is yours. Uh, Drop the questions, drop the comments in the chat. I'll get through as many as possible in the next hour or so. Um, When we get a week like this where... The big storyline revolves around seemingly the weather. What I like to do is I like to just start with that. Let me just go straight off the top. We will deep dive basically every weather question, comment, or concern that you could have. So if you are watching this later or you're coming in late, just go to the top of the show. The top of the show is going to have all your weather information. So let's just get that out of the way, and then I can skip those questions. So here we go. Um, I'm going to share my screen. And I have three different sources that are up here right now. This is Windy.com. I've got Weather Underground, and I've got Windfinder, and we're going to see what they have to say. So, Windy, um, my buddy David just showed me this, so I am still learning it, but this is apparently very, very accurate. Uh, so here's here's Bermuda Port Royal's down here on the kind of southwest corner of the island. Uh, they are in store for thunderstorms every day for like the next. 10 days, right? I think there's one sunny day in there. It's actually Tuesday of next week. <laughs> Everything else, thunderstorms, 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 scattered thunderstorms, morning thunderstorms, sca- like, okay, it, there's there's rain constantly in the forecast. Um, does this matter, right? It only matters if there is actionable data. It It doesn't matter if everyone gets the same conditions all the time, for the most part. So here's what I see from windy um, Thursdays, actually a lot calmer than it was like even looking at this yesterday or the day before. So Thursday morning when they start teeing off around. So first off, they're an hour ahead of Eastern time. So it's going to be like 6 30 AM Eastern, 7 30 AM local. So it's honestly going to be pretty benign. Is it going to be wet? Absolutely. Are they going to play preferred lies? Almost certainly all week long, but The wind you're seeing here on Windy, um, five miles an hour, six miles an hour, four miles an hour. That is actually in line with also what Weather Underground has, too. Thursday, very benign wind all day, four, five, six miles an hour. Um, Then you go to Friday. Friday looks a lot more difficult, right? So they start teeing off kind of right here, this six to nine o'clock hour, 15 mile an hour, 13 mile an hour, um, basically all day. Weather Underground has the same thing, 13 to 14 miles an hour, basically all day on Friday. Windfinder, basically the same thing, right? If we go to Thursday, you're going to see on Windfinder, this is Port Royal right here, this this golf course that you see, I'll, I'll zoom in so you guys believe me. It's right here. Um, Thursday, 8 a.m., or excuse me, where's my little there we go um, i'm using the hog bay uh weather station here on on windfinder so thursday yeah 5 miles an hour 5 miles an hour you go to friday that's when things are going to start to get a little hairy right you're talking about your 15 to 20 mile an hour winds if you believe windfinder up to 22 miles an hour in the morning so when i look at this um i do not necessarily see a wave advantage right if if this, if these benign conditions were only for the morning and then the afternoon got different, fine. Um, but that's not what I'm seeing right now. It looks like Thursday is going to be the same throughout, Friday is going to be the same throughout. The, the big thing here, though, is to remember like this can change. Th- th- there's this tropical depression that is going through the area, and this stuff can change very, very quickly. So, while it looks like there's not a wave advantage right now there could be there's probably going to be weather delays right i think that's that's fairly safe to say i mean look look at the forecast right i don't need to be a meteorologist to say that if they're expecting at least a half an inch of rain basically every single day and thunderstorms and lightning that's going to create a situation where they come off the golf course so you might end up getting a situation where one of the waves just ends up getting a little bit of a, of a better shake at it right maybe Maybe it starts to rain on the morning wave and it's just this annoying rain, but there's no electricity in the air and it's not enough to get them off the golf course. And then boom, uh, there's a delay and maybe the PM wave then gets to come out and it's still wet, but it's not actively raining, right? Like there are things that could change what, what the situation is. So I think the way that you're, that that you should do this, if you are going to stack Waves. You should stack both waves. So if you're playing ten lineups, maybe you want five a.m. p.m. Maybe you want five p.m. a.m. Right? Just in case there ends up being an advantage, even though the forecast doesn't necessarily say which one it's going to be. I think a situation occurs where there probably ends up being one. I just don't know which one it is. Uh, the other thing, and there were already a couple questions about this, preferred lies. So I, I, the PGA Tour loves lift clean in place, right? That's like a running bit on this show, but it ends up being right basically every single time. I do not see a scenario in which they do not play lift clean in place, AKA preferred lies probably every single day of the week, right? They're expecting a half an inch of rain on Thursday, a uh, three quarters of, of, of an inch on, on Friday, Saturday, a half an inch Sunday, a quarter. like dude, first of all, this thing might not finish. Or it might finish on Monday. I don't think they'll go to Tuesday, um, depending on on how much time they've got to get all this stuff in. But I think it's almost a guarantee they play preferred lives, right? You're going to see that tweet from PGA Tour comms at 6 a.m. Thursday morning. 6 no, it'll probably be 6-12 a.m. Eastern, 7-12 a.m. local preferred Lizer are in effect for round one of the Bermuda championship that I almost can guarantee that's going to happen. Um, so in that case, guys who find fairways, right? Cause you can only pick up your ball. Now that creates a situation in which guys that hit fairways actually have more of an edge. Um, because before it was like, this is a resort course. You kind of just bomb and gouge. The rough is not that big of an issue. Who cares? If you're playing out of the fairway, you can lift and clean your ball. Now you've got a little bit of an edge. And then generally it helps the better ball strikers. If you can pick up your ball, Clean it, place it exactly where you want it. Um, hitting that approach shot is uh, infinitely easier. We have seen that. And then you hit into soft greens and it's very receptive. So hopefully, uh, that has covered the vast majority of any potential weather questions uh, that we are going to be getting over the course of the next hour go right back to the front of the show. The first seven or eight minutes is all about weather. Now I've got to scroll through the comments to find the non weather questions. Okay. Jackie says, "Can you t- just straight up just check to see who has the best bogey avoidance in the field." Okay. Everything you see is from my website rickrungo.com. Uh bogey avoidance, that should still be in here, right? They changed this on the feed. Oh boy, hold on. They changed this on me and I they removed bogey avoidance, but I have it somewhere. Let me think about where I have this. Um Standby. Actually, I think I have it on the model because I calc- I have to calculate it myself now. So hold on. Let me just see where I have this scoring uh, bogey avoidance. Here we go. Okay. So first of all, this is the new custom model, which I absolutely love everything about it. And uh, I have to calculate this myself now. It doesn't come over in the feed. So I'm just going to put 100 weights on bogey avoidance. So you'll see Robbie Shelton, number one, Ben Taylor, Kevin Yu, Harrison Endicott, uh, Mark Hubbard, SH Kim, Will Gordon. Those are your best bogey avoidance uh, golfers there. Do you find it viable to stack other than weather correlated stats, course history, comp courses, grass types, pairings? And if so, anything you lean towards this week. Interesting. So this probably needs like a full deep dive over the course of the off season. Cause I do think there is something to, um, groupings, right? You see some guys who kind of play together, they can get hot, but there's not enough data on it, right? How often do these guys actually play together? I think the smartest thing to do is correlated stats, right? Guys that um set up well for a golf course. Hey, this is going to be a Bombers course. Let's stack four Bombers in a lineup or uh five guys who are awesome on approach. I think that's the most logical way. And I think if we ran the numbers, we would see that be probably the highest correlated way to start stacking guys. It's not like football where you can stack a quarterback with his wide receiver. Here's Cam Percy, which is a question from C. PUP. Any thoughts on Cam Percy or Andrew Novak this week? So um Percy's actually been decent. Now he's only got two starts dating back to the Wyndham championship, but it was a T8 at the Wyndham. Then he played once this year, T25 at the Fortinet. He's good off the tee. He's solid on approach. He actually has been gaining, going back to the 3M Open, it's, it's only four starts, but that's four pretty solid starts in a row probably more than you can ask for than a lot of the other guys in this field. Has he played at this event before he has 48th, 26th missed cut in his last three years. The missed cut was his most recent, so not glowing uh, course history, but certainly enough decent recent form to be in the mix of your player pool. Andrew Novak, uh, not as good, right? We haven't seen him since the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. He finished 23rd there, but it was four miscuts prior to that. Uh, that T23 at the at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship is his only top 25 going back to the Mexico Open, which was an event in May. Um, this is what I kind of consider like a whack-a-mole type of stat profile. You know, one week he's going to lose seven with the putter. Uh, another week he could lose two off the tee or four in the ball striking categories or three around the green. It's just like you you don't have a set skill set that you can kind of bank on, uh, which is always a little bit worrisome. It's also a little bit worrisome that he has punted. This is, we don't have the the strokes gain putting numbers from his last three starts because they're corn fairy tour events, but the last four rounds that are measured for him, he's lost 16 strokes putting. That's kind of scary. I for sure want to avoid, The 7K and 8K chalk this week. Who should I avoid in those uh, ranges based on high ownership? Okay, so 7 and 8K range. And let me try to get you guys closer in here. So um, uh, Mike Cavalunas, who does the ownership projections for RickRunGood.com, he just texted me like five minutes before we went on air that uh, the projections have been updated. So actually what I could do is just do it here because um, he updates them directly into the custom model. So we could could look at it that way. But – just, just so I can sort by seven and eight K, uh, basically the highest owned golfers are likely to be Callum Tarrant 17%, Joseph Bramlett, 15, Ryan armor, 14, Brandon Wu, 13, not a ton of guys, uh, in those two ranges garnering a ton of ownership. So if you're trying to stay away from the super chalky guys, I think that's probably just like Callum and Bramlett, really? I mean, the rest of the guys are fifteen percent or less. There's some interesting pivot options there. Uh, again, I'm skipping I'm skipping over the um, I'm skipping over the weather question. so just bear with me here as I do this. Hey, this is very specific. Hey Ray, can you take a look at last year's round? Why is this? Oh, I misclicked. Round two and four, possibly to see if you can find any players that scored well in similar conditions. Okay, so we're we're trusting Chris here that the two rounds that he is mentioning are two rounds that had similar conditions. I I don't remember that. He could be absolutely right. I I have I have no idea. Um, but what I can do is I can look back at the 2022 Bermuda Championship and just do rounds, what was it, Chris? two and four and have all of the golfers who are in this field. Okay. So Thomas Dietrich gained three and a quarter strokes in round two and 1.6 in round four. That's the, uh, it's not the best. Sorry. I got to sort by strokes gain total. It's up there, but it's not the best. Uh, Camilo Vijegas gained eight strokes between those two rounds. Mark Hubbard gained six in one round and three quarters of a stroke in another Patrick Rogers, Alex Smalley, Brian Gay, Russell Knox, Sean O'Hare. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven golfers in this field who gained at least two strokes per round in rounds two and four uh, last year. The only ones that I haven't named are Matthias Schwab and Peter Malnati. Okay, so those names that I just mentioned are the ones that I think Chris wants us to focus on. Hey, Rick, can we get an updated model, preferably one uh, that's a bit freaky? Okay, so sure. So let me pull this up. And this is uh, obviously the new model at at RickRungood.com and I'm stoked about it. I also ran, you know, I saved my Bermuda Championship model from Monday. So I don't ever have to be like, oh, what was that model that I ran earlier? But I'm not going to bring that up because we want to get freaky. We want to run something different. Okay. Um, What I think I whiffed on Monday was probably using um, the weighted strokes gained like ball striking numbers. I think I did just raw ball striking numbers, which, you know, good and bad. But what I'll do is this. I'll do weighted strokes gained off the tee um, for 10 and weighted strokes gained approach for 10. So that's pretty heavily on the uh, two ball striking categories. Now, there are some guys who we don't have uh, any of the like the weighted, like the weight. If you only play corn fairy tour events, like you don't have weighted off the team, you don't have weighted approach. So, what I also need to probably do is um, consider something like a just a 10 on strokes game total, something like that, right? Now, so we're even emphasizing off the and approach more. I need to give long term putting some love, so we're going to go and put 15 on longer term putting, which is I'll do last 50 rounds this time. So, now I've got 55 rounds to play with. I think that. Um, we should probably do more like comp courses. And there's a couple of different ways we could do this. We could do the coastal courses, right? We could do Port Royal and we could do Sea Island and we could do Y and we could do, uh I mean, Sedgefield is not a coastal course, but it's a driver wedge course. Probably should probably turn these down a little bit. Let's just do eight on these other ones. And we could probably do like pebble. If you really wanted to put five on pebble leaves us with 16 left. Um, I think I did strokes gained easy courses earlier and I definitely did these buckets, which I did. I, I do like that, but we want to get freaky here. So let's do, um, let's do bogey avoidance. Let's use it 10 on bogey avoidance. And we've got six left. (sighs) Let's just double down on Bermuda grass putting. All right, my number one golfer here is, no surprise, Denny McCarthy. Basically, however you kind of shake this, he ends up being number one. Seamus is number two. If you guys just saw, I tweeted out, like I'm, I've am i shorted Seamus Power. If I lose on that, fine. But I'm really worried about the approach play. Seven straight events. The guy that keeps popping up all over the place is Will Gordon, right? Will Gordon, number three. Hubbard, four. Russell Knox, five. Ryan Armour, six. Uh, Patrick Rogers, seven. Justin Lauer, eight. Aaron Rye, nine. Callum Tarrant ten. I can dig that. I can dig that. So, um, hopefully that was freaky enough for you, Joe, or you can just go build, you know, whatever you want. It's all good. Um, thoughts on say young Kim, which I think you might've spelled that wrong, I think. So let me make sure I can find him. That's, Oh, it's SH Kim, right? That's who we're talking about here. Casey, we're talking about SH Kim. Um, My thoughts are that I had a lot of him at the CJ Cup, and I was quite disappointed with his results. Now, I tend to forgive quickly, a.k.a. Max Homa's wife. Uh, I forgive quickly here. And he loses six strokes in the ball striking category, which is by far the worst thing we've ever had measured for him. I'm willing to be like, that's an outlier, right? We saw him play well at the Shriners. We saw him play well at the Sanderson Farms. Um, Played well enough at the Fortnite, even though he lost... a. a three quarters of a stroke, ball striking. I'm willing to go back to him here. I I think you got to give him one more go. Um, So that's, I'm not like super excited about it, but I think you have to give him one more chance. Hey, Perry. Thanks for all your hard work. New custom model is awesome. Who are your best two picks under $6,700? Okay. So let's sort this by salary. It's pretty ugly stuff, right? Six under 67. Wow. So we are like last man in. Um, I'm not a big fan of Brian Gay, but if you really need a guy at $6,700 and you're, you're like, just play just play Brian Gay, probably. the. Oh, let me turn this into cl- uh, global mode here. Um, Scott Brown is kind of interesting. Very good putter, has played this event before. Also, believe it or not, Cody Gribble is not the worst play you could make, right? So he has not played a lot. and I think he was in Sanderson on uh, past champion, right? Cody Gribble was in Sanderson on past champion, but this is a pretty good stretch of golf. So T30 at the Sanderson, which he gained strokes in the ball striking categories and only lost with the putter T12 at the pinnacle bank championship. That's a corn Ferry tour event. And at 26 at the Utah missed the cut, the three M open, but a T9 at the Memorial health championship. So that's basically, I mean, it's not basically, it is four top thirties across his last five starts. And this will be the closest thing you can get to a corn fairy tour event on the PGA tour. It's also not that bad. Like people are also like this strength of field is horrible. It's 126, but people act like this is a corn fairy tour event. Corn fairy tour events are like a strength of field of six, by the way. Okay. So don't like, don't go too crazy. It's a very bad field, but it's not like it's literally not a corn fairy tour event. Um, so Cody Gribble, uh, believe it or not, is someone that I'd be interested in playing. That's kind of how ugly the six K range is. Uh, oh, there's another question here. Uh, there you go. There's your deep dive on Cody Gribble. There you go. Rick, what does this mean? Rick, do you use no house advantage? I don't know what that is. No, I use price picks. Go use the code uh, Rick. There's a link in the description. Get your $100 deposit bonus. Let's actually, we can look at price picks real quick. Armina's not here to keep me in line, so I can basically do whatever I want. She usually produces the show. Let's see. Oh, I've noticed a couple of things. First of all, look at this Euro golf. That's new, right? They've never had Euro golf before. So these are birdie or better matchups, which we know the headliner. See, this one's interesting. Actually, I don't want, I take that back on Euro tour golf. Jordan Smith is the favorite of, of this event. He's like, he's got the shortest odds. He's going up against Antoine Rosner. Give me Rosner less than zero birdies or better. I'd be a little bit worried about Yannick Paul. I mean, when you break through and get your huge win, I would not. I wouldn't even like, I think he probably should have taken off this week, but I would not be surprised if he started all that slow. Oh, these are interesting. These are quite interesting. Okay, sorry. Let's try the PGA stuff. So they've got birdie or better strokes. Um, Birdie or better matchup, greens and regulation, fairways hit. So I think that you're going to get a decent bit of scoring on Thursday. Course should be very wet. They should be playing preferred lies. And if the weather ends up being correct, that like five to eight miles an hour is is nothing. If that ends up being correct. So I would kind of lean on some of these, these, uh, these birdie makers, like a Patrick Rogers or an Aaron Rye. Whoops! Not Eric Van Rooyen. He's been he's been pretty sour. I would also these fairways are too low, right? Seven and a half, eight and a half. Like Mark Hubbard's hitting more than eight fairways, is he not? Especially when they're soft. When you have soft fairways, things don't run out. It doesn't run into the first cut as much. It usually just lands and stops. Hubbard over seven and a half fairways. That's kind of interesting. Sorry, I could I could probably go through that for a while. Um, okay. So since I just kind of trash talked EVR, we can do an Eric Van Roy deep dive. He's, he hasn't been good, right? Hasn't been good. He's been all over the place. So missed the cut in, he's missed the cut in six of seven. He played the Andalusia masters, finished T61 there. So he made the cut, but he hasn't had a good start since the RBC heritage, uh, which was in April. This is worldwide. Was he hurt or something? He has not played all that much. Um, and the metrics that we have, which I've got all the uh, European tour stuff, it's just not good. He's lost strokes basically every event from T to green dating back to the player's championship. So this is, um, this is just not good. I I don't know what, what kind of level of confidence we would be excited about here. Rick, what's your lowest round score in 18 holes? Uh, 75, which I did like 10 years ago, believe it or not. And then recently, I think it's like a seventy-eight. Whatever I shot at Bears best. I actually vlogged it. So there is a vlog on the Rick Good YouTube channel. Um, I'm pretty sure whatever I shot at Bears best is my lowest. Yo, Rick, for one and done, is it a quote, when else would Denny be this short of odds again, continuing chalk week? Yeah, listen. um, The good thing about, or I don't know if it's good or not, but the thing about one and done this week is there is probably no one... um, that you would need to be saving, right? So if you have so you can get the favorite, Denny McCarthy, at a course that he's had success at, and you never have to worry about using him again. Like he should be basically the, the de facto one and done selection. Um, according to the site-wide selections at officefootballpool.com, again, not the run and done. This is for everybody. Um, Thomas Dietrich and Denny McCarthy are the two highest owned. I guess you can see who I'm going with. I picked Adam Shank. It's highlighted there. I can't really hide it. So I went with Adam Shank at 2.4%. I just think that if it's going to be windy and weird, um, I'll let everybody else take the chalk. I have no problem if you want to use Denny. Like, I really don't care. I thought about it long and hard, Uh, but I went with Adam Shank, and I guess I just showed everybody that. All right, good luck. Best place to check weather tonight. Windy. Weather Underground Wind Finder, those would be the one that I go with. Show us how to use the custom model. Well, I kind of did that, right? Um, it's very similar to the old custom model in terms of just like how to use it. Just go and put your, go and put your weights anywhere you want. There's 120 different stats. I mean, this has been this has been on you know RickRunGood.com for years. Uh, the idea of these weighted stats, and then the models kind of gone through a couple of iterations, and this is the newest. But the premise is the same, right? Assign your weights. Um, choose who's important to you. Click around, see what you like, and have at it. Bryce Garnett came up earlier uh in the week. Why did Bryce Garnett come up earlier in the week? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Let's see. Because you have a lot of great history around here. Yeah. 21st and 2020. This is it's okay, right? I mean, I mean, we have to give him some credit for two made cuts in PGA tour events, Fortinet and Sanderson farms, uh, because this will be a weaker field than those, you know, are those worth top 25s? I don't know, but I, I I think it's okay. It's like, I'm like a four and a half or a five out of 10 on it. It's just, it's fine. I don't, I'm not particularly excited. He misses a lot of cuts. Hey Rick, am I crazy in thinking that Luke Donald could be a savvy vet that challenges for a top 10 this week? Boy, I mean, listen, Brian Gay has been doing it at this golf course forever. Um, my concern around Luke Donald. So the good thing is he's the way he loses off the tee is he's very, very short. I mean, because he's old, right? Um, but that's okay. You don't need to be long here. My concern is kind of this idea that he's been he's been on the media tour for the for the Ryder Cup, right? Captain. Captain Luke Donald's been like they've been doing all this stuff in Italy. You know, I don't know. Like how much has he been practicing? How much has he been playing? He played the Italian open T34. That's okay. That's good. BMW PGA championship missed the cut. Maiden Himmerlin missed the cut. Um, I don't know. I don't like, what's his upside T34. Is that his upside? I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm that, I don't think I'm that inch. I'd rather have a much more unknown entity. Um, I think this is a joke because JG would know that I would hate this question it says best wind putter on Bermuda, which I, I think I'm, it worked. It worked JJ. It worked. I think. Okay. Is it just me or is this, some, there's some crazy value in head to head matchups? Um, I don't know about that specifically, but I did find a couple that I like that were like plus 100 to other guys minus 120. Um how many rounds do I go back and look at? So I'm assuming we're kind of talking about this tool right here, which is the head-to-head matchup tool, which I absolutely love. Um I like 36. 36 feels right. 36 feels like it is um enough but not too far back. I also noted that Hubbard Hubbard like is a very good matchup play because he Gains strokes to the field 64% of the time. He gains one stroke or more 52% of the time. That's pretty significant. Two or more 38%. I mean, he just gains strokes to the field, which is kind of what you have to do to win these. I mean, look at this. Last 36 rounds, Hubbard should be a huge favorite over Seamus Power. Seamus has not been good, obviously. Different longer-term pedigrees. But I've got Hubbard winning this 69% of the time. That's like one of the biggest numbers we've ever seen. So, yeah, I, I agree. There, there might be some value here. Good day, Rick. Good day, Badger. Um, if perfected lies is most likely, who are the Morikawa-like players in this field? Spoiler alert. No one. No one is Colin Morikawa. But um, here's what we'll do. We'll look at last 24 rounds, best ball strikers in the field. Kevin you. MJ Duffy, although both of them are horrible putters. Uh, Will Gordon and Calum Taron are the two that are positive putters that are next. And then Nick Hardy, Charlie Hoffman, again, Hoffman's horrible putter. Uh, Aaron Rye. There are no Colin Morikawa's in this, just to be clear. But those are your best ball strikers over the last 24. Last well, 36, uh, Gordon gets an improvement. Hubbard gets an improvement. Shank gets an improvement. Shank's going to win this, right? We're all, we're all comfortable with Shank winning this. I think I'd be comfortable with that. My bank account would be, Hey, how does Justin Lauer's ball striking stack up this week? All right. Well, while we're here, so he's 9,900. So he's right here. So I've sorted this by, um, salary. His ball striking is not good. Excuse me. I should not say that his ball striking is not his best attribute. He he, where he separates himself is with the putter, right? He's like the best putter. Him and S.H. Kim are the best putters at least above $8,000. And he is a tiny, tiny positive in the ball striking categories. So his ball striking alone does not match up with the rest of the field, but he's slightly better than half of it, right? Actually, probably more than that because uh, I imagine there's a lot of guys who are worse than zeros. Let's see. So ball striking... Oh, do you guys hear my stomach? My stomach just growled at least enough to be heard. Yeah, there are probably uh, more losing ball strikers in this field than than positive ball strikers, so it's not, it's not the worst. For matchups, when using your tools, what kind of data do you look for when finding some value? So, so literally floor. Find me floor. Floor guys. Guys that gain a stroke around or excuse me, I shouldn't say that, guys that gain a stroke per round frequently, right? So that's what this tool does. Hubbard gains at least a stroke per round over half the time. That is a pretty good indicator of floor, and floor is a pretty good indicator of head-to-head matchup wins. Hey, Rick, did you and Lady run good? That's new see Black Adam yet? If so, did you like it? As always, thanks for the great content. No, but uh, I said it's on the list. So we actually, we've been married for four years, I guess. And we dated before that for like three weeks. We had never gone to the movies together before. Like I've been, I have not, the last movie before recently, we just went and saw Avatar, the re-release, a a 10 year old movie. We just went and saw again when they re-released it, which is bonkers. But that, before then, the last movie I saw was Passengers. That's that Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence movie, right? In space. That's the last movie I saw. So we don't go to see a lot of movies, but uh, I love The Rock. Who doesn't? And uh, we, when we saw Avatar, we saw the trailer for this, and I'm going to try to get her to go see it. We'll see. It'll be like a Tuesday, 1 p.m. Nobody in the theater type thing. I don't want to go when there's a bunch of people there. Travel says, hey, Rick, I was wondering if you could run a model that includes driving accuracy, par three scoring over 200 yards, shots gained, I usually say strokes gained, that's okay, approach, and putting on slow Bermuda greens. All right. Whew. He knows what he wants. And who am I? Who am I to not provide this? Okay. So, um, so how many stats is that? One, two, three, four. Okay, so we're going to put 25 on each of them. Are we cool with that? So let's do – hold on. i got to find what you want here. So 25 on approach. Uh, We need 25 on driving accuracy. We need 25 on par-3 scoring. So that's hole type. So par-3 scoring over 200 and Bermuda putting. Uh, So putting on – Bermuda. I think I actually did. Bench. Actually looking back at this, I feel like I typed into Bentgrass grass when I de- ran that model earlier. Did I? Because it felt like I did. Cause I felt like I clicked the one that was on the left and I, my brain just malfunctioned. So Trevor you'll, number one golfer is Vaughn Taylor. <laughs> uh, Aaron Baddeley is next. Austin Cook, Ryan Armour, Brian Stewart, Adam Long, Cheston Hadley, Luke Donald, Grayson Sig, Sam Ryder. That's your model. Congratulations. Thanks for checking in. Um, oh, this isn't I got a Chris sent five dollars in a super chat. Thanks, Chris. Definitely not uh required. Always welcome. Since we know we are getting preferred lies, what categories would you be putting weights on? Accuracy, stroke scan approach, weighted stroke scan approach, recent ball striking. Something like that. How is the circuit contest going, Daniel? I prefer not to talk about it. Um, not good. I started off so well. First five weeks were pretty good. I got very unlucky in week six to get one and a half points, and I there was no luck necessary. Last week, I think I went zero and five. One and four or zero and five. So. I'm out of the running, I'm sure, unless I get unless I go like 80%. I can still cash. And I'm actually still, I think I'm still above 500, which is fine. I can still cash and all that stuff. But boy, I've I'm licking my wounds for the last two weeks. Um, any thoughts on Garrick Higo? No. So here, here's the issue. Higo is very similar to his fellow um, South African. What's his name? Eric Van Royen. I mean, this is this is just a bad profile. He pops up and he does it every so often. Did it at the Zurich, did it at the Sanderson Farms. He freaking did it when he won at Palmetto, but there is just no evidence of him being able to play good golf for an extended period of time. So until that kind of changes, um, I, I don't see, I mean, unless you're just throwing darts, which fine, if you want to throw darts, it's your money, it's not my money. But I I cannot invest in a guy like this. Is John Daly the best six thousand dollar play? Oof. I can't imagine, right? Like the problem with playing John Daly is like, does he care at all? And I know that that's harsh and unquantifiable. So here's what he's done on the Champions Tour, which, of course, I have that data. Whoops. Oh, I think I just resorted it. I got to shorten that. Uh, Hold on. Stand by, stand by, stand by. 68th, T19, WD, T29, T38, T24, T23. Uh,. I don't know. That doesn't spark much confidence. There is also okay, so so Trevor' we're below. I'm pretty sure he just got his card. Let's look him up. He's also six thousand dollars. We are deep in this that we are looking at um legit like who are who's the best six thousand dollars golfer, but if you like you're here for this, right? This is the, like the nerdiest golf channel. It's not great. Uh, A lot of missed cuts. When he does make the cut, it's no better than 56. He made the cut in Las Vegas, finished 77th, lost eight strokes ball striking. So I'm assuming most of that came on the weekend because if you lose eight strokes ball striking, um, you're not supposed to make it to the weekend. Who else could we see? Um, Boy, Michael Sims is from Bermuda. But that's all I know about him. Nick Jones, uh, I think he just I don't know if he qualified in or he got in through a sponsor's invite or something. Boy, this is really bad. This is really bad for the 6k range. I, I think Trevor Werbelow might still be better than John Daly, though. I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think it is. Uh it's a very short betting card, Hank. It is, it is um Shank, it is Rye, it is um God, why am I blanking on it? It's Shank, Rye. It's all these guys in like the 30s and, and 40s. So hold on. It's four guys. It's it's quite tight. Oh, Shank, Rye, Shelton, and then uh, Calum Tarram. Those are the four guys I bet. Not a huge week. Nothing. Pretty Pretty low exposure. All things considered. I want to take a second to talk about Athletic Greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks, and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux, and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning, and I know what you're thinking, a green drink drink like trust me i've i've tried all of them and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them which is not great most smell horrible i'll i'll admit all of that uh athletic greens for me bucks that trend it's smooth, there's there's no chunks, the smell is is just fine and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when I take it at 5:30 in the morning. It's legit 75 high quality vitamins, probiotics and adaptogen, so it's no surprise that I'm actually feeling better and when I rattle off the benefits, it sounds like it's going to be really expensive. Uh, it's quite reasonable. It comes out to about $3 a day, and I tell my wife all the time, there is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of an immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 300- yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How much money is too much money to leave on the table? Never. Um, Never too much. Seriously. I mean, seriously. What what there's there's pretty little evidence that shows leaving not leaving money on the on the on the table is like a is is not good. Right. So I would I would generally say like 4,000, but I, I, any lineup you want to make, and that goes for any week, except maybe major championships because the pricing is so soft. There is a little bit more correlation to, um, salaries. Sorry. I'm just looking at the dog. He's, uh, he's going through it right now. Um, what's your favorite hat you've ever had? I had a Houston Astros, believe it or not, I had a Houston Astros hat when I was like 12 years old. Uh, funny they're going up against the Phillies now. This thing was pure disgust. I'd wear it every day. It changed colors. My mom was like, you got to get rid of that hat. She bought me a new one. I think she might have threw out the other one. It was the worst thing ever. It was my favorite hat. We are in peak shapes trophy season. Fortnite, that's right. Zozo Circle, the square... Co- uh, okay, so here's the here are the ranks. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle is uh, elite level branding and trophy. The Fortinet one. Unfortunately, it's a it's it's a, it's a it's a it's the corporation's logo, so it can't be second. The Zozo has to be the Zozo giant thing has to be second. Fortinet has to be third because the uh, CJ Cup, not being a cup, is literally insane. Um, Chess and Hadley number one in my model. Yikes! Give me your excitement on the scale if ten. Um, if I'm if I was purely looking for somebody volatile, I'm like an eight out of ten. If I'm looking at getting someone who's going to make the cut guaranteed, I'm like a three out of ten. Right? I think what you're getting is similar to Callum Taren. You're gonna have some good weeks and you're gonna have some really bad weeks. Uh, but I do like his skill set for this golf course. Believe it or not, his pedigree is better than a lot of the other guys in this field. It's true. Savvy vet. But uh, yeah. If, if that's what you want, Matt, if you're looking for like boomer bust, maybe wins you all the money. Like an eight, let's go. What? Uh, sorry. I'm. I don't. I'm not gonna play Brian Gay, right? He he's. I don't think he's played well enough in the last. Two years to to keep me all that interested. Um, unfortunately, he is kind of playing better now. But like, I'm just I'm just out on Brian Gay. Like, there's got to be better options. Best DFS betting show. Thanks, appreciate that. I loved Robbie Shelton, but his ownership is getting too high. Question mark. Oh, is his ownership getting too high? Seems to be getting steamed a ton. How is he in the wind and rain? Oh, don't 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 don't. Robbie Sheldon. Let's just look. Look. I like Robbie Sheldon this week. Um, I think he's quite undervalued. What is his ownership going to be? 15%? Is that egregious? Right? Isn't the average? Isn't 100 divided by 6, 16? So wouldn't this be below average uh, if he comes in at 15% ownership? I agree it's not great, but like... I don't think it's egregious. I don't think, it's, I don't think his ownership is enough to move me off of him. I don't really think anybody's is. Um, Denny at 21, I, pff, you could have convinced me earlier in the week Denny was going to be 30. So I don't think there's a ton of guys that I would look at individually and be like, hit their ownership is too high. I can't play them. I would just play them with different combinations. Sorry, Oliver's being... No, nah, he's good. Okay. He got bit. We haven't talked about it. He got bit by a big dog the other last week and he's been they had to stitch him up and he's got a cone on and it's just trying to keep him keep him comfortable. Um would it make sense to throw a bet on Dre and McCarthy since the lowest odd golfers have been crushing lately. So this is uh so Kevin, you know, this is like roulette, right? Yes. Of course 10 of the last like 22 winners have been 20 to one or shorter, but that has no impact on this event. I think that um all things considered I think this is going to be a very, very random tournament. Uh, an event that has probably a lot of wind, probably a lot of rain, probably a lot of starting and stopping. Um, a lot of guys that we don't know from the Corn Ferry Tour, how they're going to react to it. I just think it's, I think it's going to be a pretty random event. So I don't care who's won in the past, but I think that this is reasonable to start skewing towards longer shots. Thoughts on the Bermuda Triangle, real sketchy or really sketchy? Yeah, I think it's uh, quite sketchy, right? What's their deal with this, all the disappearing things? Um, what is it actually, though? I looked this up once. It's just like once once airlines' uh, radar got better, like the Bermuda Triangle thing stopped, right? Was there ever really a thing where planes were getting lost and ships were getting lost or whatever? Oh, no, no. What it is is, hold on. I looked it up. It's, um, it's like, yeah, more ships go missing there and more planes go missing or what, I don't even know what the actual thing is, but it's, isn't it like in the middle of a, uh, like an international trade route where there's like 10 times as many planes and boats that go through it. So it's like, obviously there's going to be more, but on a, on a, uh, relative basis, it's, it's exactly the same. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I do love the idea of it. Dave says, Rick, is this the kind of week to spread? uh, That's hard to say. Spread out your outright bets across five or 10 guys, or would it be better to hammer top tens, twenties? Um, yeah, see, that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure how safe it's going to be. So I'm not sure if going safer for tens and twenties are, are are going to be all that much safer. Like I kind of get what you're saying, Dave. I would probably prefer, I mean, I'll tell you what I did. I just, I just bet like four outrights on four guys that I'm interested in. And I bet less than I normally bet. And um, that's how I'm going to treat it. I think it's going to be very random. I do. I think it's going to be quite random. So I might as well embrace, um, embrace that randomness a little bit. I, I like playing matchups would be, I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of that. Will Gordon over under two and a half birdies. That's all it is. feels like it's gotta, it's gotta be over. Is that for, is that for round one? Will Gordon has been really good. Will Gordon and Robbie Shelton last 24 rounds are the two golfers, uh, who have gained the most strokes to the field. 1.5, right? You gotta make some birdies doing that. So this is a really good stretch of golf from Will Gordon, T5, T5 first, uh, and then a bunch of, you know, top forties and stuff like that. So I would say, first of all, I can see the I can I can see the Slack chat live chatting about the live chat. Right? Like I can see that. <laughs> I should have turned off my notifications. I can see them commenting about my comments in real time. Yes, he skipped over my. It says he skipped over my question, my first questions because they were wind related. Yes, I can see it right now. I can see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Will Gordon over two and a half. I usually mute the the Slack comments. I should have done that. I'm gonna do it right now pause for two hours oh uh, boy sam Ryder. let's talk about sam Ryder because i know sam Ryder that's uh a lot of love let's look at all sam here <sighs> it's fine actually it's probably better than fine so you've got the miscut the fortinet but he's gained strokes on approach in four straight he's gained strokes on approach in six out of seven the putting's generally pretty good the cuts that he has made while they're not Super events, although he did finish probably half, uh, top 50% of the Zozo championship. That's a much better event. T28, the Shriners, that's going to have a better, stronger, a stronger field than this T45 the Sanderson. Okay. I bet you, if we look at this, let's try this. I've not tried this. So just bear with me for a second. Um, let's do last 12 rounds of pure strokes gained, right? Last 12 rounds. Uh, of course, Brian Gay's number one. So. Sam Ryder is number 26. But I bet if we change it to weighted strokes gained, he will be better than 26th. Come on, load for me, load for me. Sometimes when I'm sharing my screen, it like it wants to take forever. That was going to be the big reveal. Last 12, here we go. Why is last 12 not coming up? Hold on. Stand by. My freaking thing. It's my screen share. Um, all right. Here's last 24 rounds. <laughs> Let's try that again. Last 24, Riders 25th in weighted. There we go. But, uh, boy, this was a crash and burn, wasn't it? 40th in raw. So my point being, he should get some level of credit for Zozo, Shriners, and Sanderson Farms. He should. Screen share. Technology always fights back. Okay. Give me a deep dive on local UNC golfer and personal friend and fellow high school alum, Ben Griffin. Okay, Dexter, first of all, let's let's get Ben on the show if you're like buddies with him. Or are you just like acting like you're buddies with him so that you can get on this? Let's get him on the show. Let's talk about it. Um, Ben Griffin models out great, right? I think we talked, might have talked about this on the Tuesday show. The ball striking's kind of insane, right? Six strokes gained at the Sanderson Farms finish. T twenty four Shriners, he gained another two point seven. We've got the Wyndham, which is your you know your driver putt fest. Uh, Finished fourth there. I think Ben Griffin's gonna gonna have a pretty decent chance this week. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Rick, how do you find a? How do you separate the day and afternoon tea times on the new custom model? Okay, so click custom model. Uh, when you go down to line, well, I'll get, I got to get myself out of the way here. When you go down the lineup settings, so so what happens is uh, it, there's a wave selection thing here. So what happens is the week does not start with this. So when I load this in on Sunday night, we don't know the tea times yet. So when the tea times come out on Tuesday, I load the tea times in and then this option becomes available. So you can click um, all waves, uh, AM only PM only at least X number of golfers from each. So you could say, give me at least five golfers from the PM wave in 10 lineups. And then you could run those, right? So, um, this, this feature does not appear until I load the, the tee times in, which is usually on, um, Tuesday. Okay. Okay, I've got a couple minutes here, so we can do this. Um, Kramer Hickok's best attribute is that uh, when he's playing well, he's going to hit the fairway, which could be a little bit more valuable this week if they do play lift clean in place, but this is not a particularly good stretch of golf. I do worry about the putter, right? The putter in the short game in general. You know, I haven't shown this yet, but we talked about this on Monday. Guys who putt well have had have been very highly correlated to success at this event Um, for whatever reason. Maybe because the shortness of the golf course or the the lack of length on the golf course is does not allow guys to drive it and separate themselves. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, but for whatever reason, strokes game putting in the three editions of this event have been very highly correlated to success. And, um, Kramer Hickok is not a good putter. Just he's just not. And he kind of punts it around the greens as well. And the approach plays okay. He can have a, a good week through plus 3.5 plus three, but he has more losing weeks than most. I'm not sure his driver separates him enough, but it's the one thing that he has going for him, and it's kind of playing out of the fairway. So eh, I don't know. Uh Sam Stevens. So Sam, what Sam is really good at is like making the cut and getting to the weekends. Um I don't know what his upside is. You know, he's got a couple of top 20s at Corn at Fairy Tour events. He has not started off his PGA Tour season great, but he made the cut in one of the two events that he's played. It was a T67. I think, yes, this will closer resemble a Corn Fairy event, so maybe he feels a little bit more, more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a solid play. He's like a 6.5 out of 10 for me. Um. Uh, thoughts on Zay Cheng Dao do Dao? I don't know how he pronounces that. I should probably learn that. I think he's got a great bucket hat, uh, which should come in handy this week. But yeah, this is, this is decent, right? This is your standard corn fairy guy, right? Where he wins. He's going to miss, like he miss he, he misses three straight cuts and then he wins. Like there's nothing more corn fairy than that. And then he misses a cut and finishes third. Now this season, um, it's kind of all over the place. I, I wouldn't know, based on what I've seen from him from the Fortinet, the Sanderson Farms, and the Shriners, what type of golfer he is. He's a slight positive in the ball striking categories. He's a pretty – I mean, he's had some pretty bad weeks around the greens and on the greens, but he's also gained as well. So I don't even know what really type of golfer that he is. So I, I'd i be lying to you if I could say I could, I could perform a uh, really good deep dive on this guy. Is this a perfect setup for live rate wagering with all the volatility in play? Probably. Yeah, that's probably pretty good. Um <laughs> is Brandon Wu an outright or a DFS or both? What about <laughs> is is neither an option? Do I have to pick one of those? I I could see this two ways. Um I mean, he's, he's lost 15 strokes on approach in his last eight rounds, but two of those, he's actually made the cut, which is unbelievable that you can make the cut losing that many strokes on approach. So that's kind of a positive, but this, like, if I'm not interested in Sheamus, I, I cannot be interested in Brandon Wu, who I really like friend of the pod had him on the show. He's a great guy. He'll figure this out. But, um, I'm just gonna wait until things get a little bit better for him. Oh, we are like in full trigger mode right now. So Anthony wants to know what my take is on only being able to watch four hours of golf rather than PGA tour live. I want to watch every shot. Um yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna come on here and say I I don't want to watch more. Obviously, I think. They should have cameras running on every tee and every green for every single player. Just stationary. I think it's literally insane the lack of servicing or support that golf fans get. And if any I cannot think of any other sport that is asked to endure uh what golf fans are asked to endure. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's true. And it's insane. And we need, like, what would have to change, right? We need, like, a network executive who cares. Or we need, like, a billionaire advocate. Like, if Mark Cuban was like, you know what? My thing is fixing golf coverage. Like, maybe that's what we need. I don't know, man. Like, live is not exciting. And I don't think it's all that interesting. But I can watch the whole damn thing on YouTube, right? Like, why, 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 why? The cameras are there. They're recording. They're recording it. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Gribble and Hardy or Glover and Shank. Oof, that's tough. Probably Gribble and Hardy. Uh, although I do like Shank. I'm not sure I love Glover. Why weren't R- Rory and Rom at the President's Cup? Because the President's Cup is non-European. Uh, the Ryder Cup is the US versus Europe. The President's Cup is essentially US versus not Europe internationals, right? So they're not they're not eligible for the the President's Cup. Um I know where you stand on gay based on your preview video, but I know there are only about two tournaments a year to play gay and/or Hearn. What are your thoughts on Hern? Yeah, Hearn's got really good history around this place, too. So let's look up David Hearn. So here's his history. T8, T8, T39. What has he done as of late? Miscut, miscut, 39th. Oof, boy, 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 boy. I almost prefer Brian Gay, right? I mean, this is, uh, first of all, it's not a lot of golf. And when he's played, it's not very good. And the metrics that we have are pretty horrible. At least Brian Gay has gotten two good starts in his last three events, even though they're Champions Tour events. So... Um, if I'm choosing between the two, I think believe it or not, it has to be gay. But this is this is um this is pretty ugly. Producer's pick. That's Armina. She'll have to text me. I'm waiting on that. Ct Pan outright winner. Uh <laughs> I'm not seeing what you're seeing on CT. Pan. This is, it's brutal, right? He's lost strokes from T to green big time in four of his last five. Uh, combine that with losing in the short game categories, or even with the putter, in four or five. Um. I mean, this is this is bad. I do like that he's not a long hitter, right? So, like in theory, that should. This should be a decent setup for him, but this is this is this is not good. Not good. Not good. Um, Armina says she picks Nick, which gives her Nick Hardy, Nick Taylor, Nick Jones, and Nick Watney. So a classic Nick situation. She's also probably going to try to claim Nicholas Lindheim and James Nicholas if those two uh, ends up playing well. So don't be fooled by those shenanigans, uh, that she provides. Okay. I think that'll do it. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good stopping point. Good little fun, little live chat. Uh, I'm going to go get lunch, but should be, should be good time. This thing starts early 6 30 AM Eastern 3 30 AM Pacific for my Pacific homies. Also, what else do I have to say? Uh, that's basically it. I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in the wind stuff and the weather stuff is at the start of the show and, uh, I'll catch you guys later. See ya.